Hello, and thank you everyone for joining us on the first true episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. Every episode up until this point had been dry trial runs, and here we are now officially starting our season one, episode one. Here we go. Uh, this first episode, we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's original plans for Justice League 2 from his original pitch back in 2015 before he started filming Justice League Part 1. Uh, the goal of the and obviously the goal of the Restore the Snyderverse movement that is now taking Twitter by storm and has been for the better part of a year and a half now. Uh, so here we go, strap in everybody, and uh, we're going to get in some spoiler territory. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Good morning, beautiful. You look great. It's just like the old days. We have cereal. We should be watching cartoons, but instead we're talking Justice League 2. I mean, it's not too different from what we used to do as kids, but... <laughs> Except we, we're not speculating on what is. You actually have answers. You actually yeah. have some things. So, just so everybody knows, this is predicated on a couple of different things. The first thing is... I brought this up to my dad. I said, Dad, you know, I'm about to watch uh, the director's cut of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, it was the restored version. It had the director's cut. It gave all the stuff that Zack Snyder wanted. And my dad goes, who's Zack Snyder? And I go, Dad, do you not know about the internet nerds that are going to get this guy a multi-million dollar picture deal? And he was like, nope. So first and foremost, hello, Father. I'm glad you're watching this. This will answer a lot of your questions. The second thing that happened that predicated this episode is I watched Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the director's cut. And when I was done, I instantly called this wonderful man, Taylor, over here and said, why didn't they make that Batman movie? As I was watching this movie, it was way more watchable than I thought. The film made a lot more sense than the uh, theatrical version that I had seen. Um, and as I was watching it, I realized that Ben Affleck's Batman was already Walter White. He had already blown up that guy with a bomb. Not the other guy, but the other guy in the room. Like he had already become the Breaking Bad Batman. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, why didn't we get that movie? I understand why we got this movie, but I didn't understand why we didn't see the movie where Batman, something horrific happens. They, you know, he keeps telling Jeremy Irons, one of the better Alfreds, in my opinion, as well. Uh, he keeps telling him, hey, man, we've been doing this for 20 years. Look how many people we've seen turn from good guys to bad guys. Like, look at the craziness that we've gone through. And now there's a demigod here on Earth. So as I was watching it, I wanted more. So I called Taylor and said, Taylor, why didn't we get these other movies? What happened? And he, and now I thought it was going to be with, I thought it had something to do with the, the Snyder Cut. And Taylor said, oh, this was all Justice League 2, which I had no idea about. I know that there was, you know, extra scenes and stuff at the end of the Snyderverse movie of showing like, oh, here's where we wanted to go. I didn't even know that Justice League 2 existed. And was really thought out. So what was the idea? What was this grand vision that we were building to that got chopped off at the knees multiple times? Multiple times we didn't get what the director wanted and we got these subpar films with a lot of ideas. Where was this supposed to go, Taylor? So <clears throat> I think the best uh, answer to that is when Zack Snyder made Man of Steel, 
he uh, it was actually from a pitch because most people don't realize that Man of Steel was written by David Goyer and Chris Nolan. It was their movie, but they couldn't make it. So they were like, hey, uh, we need a better we need a director who's more equipped with this style of movie. So they they pitch Zack Snyder and they make the movie. Right. So that movie gets made. It does pretty well in theaters. It made its money back. I think its net profit was only like 100 million. It was pretty small for a net profit, but it it made money. And the studio was like, we need to compete with Marvel a bit. We need to get our gears going. We need to make our universe because we're about 10 years behind. And so they basically say, we, we want to pitch. Um, we want a, a big pitch. We want a big story. Let's uh, see what you got. So um, they pretty much mandated that whatever he does with a sequel, they need to move forward with more stuff. So he already said that he wanted to include Batman in the sequel, but admittedly, he probably wanted to have more Batman set up before he jumped right into it, but that's kind of, they gave him what they gave him. So long story short, uh, they film Batman v Superman. They get that ball going. And then they have this, essentially this pitch meeting where they say, here is what we're going to do with Justice League's part one and then part two, because they announced it as part one and part two and had the solo films kind of nuzzled in between. But he, in the pitch, says uh, Justice League Part 2 is probably too big to be one film. So let's make it Justice League Part 2, Justice League 2 Part 1, and Justice League 2 Part 2. So they were essentially like uh, Endgame and Infinity War, two halves of one big movie. So they they go together with the studio and uh, present this big old pitch. And that's kind of what uh, we now know is what we got. Um, after the pitch happens, they, they say, yes, this is great. Let's make this happen. They green light Justice League Part 1. He starts filming it. And then during the filming of Justice League Part 1, his daughter, um, Zack Snyder's daughter, uh, passes away. And due to the family uh, family crisis he's now going through, the studio comes in and says, hey, reception for BVS pretty much sucked. Um, yes, we had, we butchered your movie, but people didn't like the fact that it was, it was incoherent because we made you cut a half an hour out of it. So we're going to punish you some more and let's uh, have you recut Justice League. And at the time, he was basically like, no, I'm dealing with my family tragedy. I'm dealing with all this other stuff. I'm going to make the movie you hired me to make. And if you're telling me that I have to retool the entire movie to cut it down to two hours, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it goes back and forth, back and forth. He ends up saying, saying no, that he likes the cut of the movie he's made. He's telling them, I've yeah. done this already. I yeah. already like the movie I made. This is what right. I would like the audience to see. So what we got, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, was the four-hour version, uh, the longest cut that he had. Oh, well, that's not the version we got. No, the first version we got was whatever no, no, wait. that... Wait, wait. So he, he presents them with that. Okay. The work print, the four-hour work print. They say too long, cut it down. He cuts it down to 214 minutes, which is like... Uh, I'm, I'm, sucky, I'm sucky with time. On no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, that's okay. It's like three hours something, right? Yeah, like... I think it was... a. Three and a half hours. Uh, and they're like, nope, still too long. Cut it down. He cuts it down again, I think, to a little bit over two and a half hours. And they keep saying, no, it needs to be two hours. And then he's like, no, my movie's my movie's a butchered mess now. I'm not doing it. So they they he walks on a completed film. Like, the only thing that's left to be done is uh, VFX. Like, it was done. And they basically hired Joss Whedon, try to spin the story that Zach left because of the family tragedy and Joss Whedon was picked by Zach and all bullshit. And they bring Joss Whedon in. He refilms. I think the number was like 60 to 70% of the film. He refilms it. 
Yeah, and those weird we those weird green screen uh, shots yeah. where the costumes don't match and the costumes look really weird. Oh, and not even that. Like, there's that one scene when, um, like, the Ben Affleck Ezra Miller first interaction where they're like in the in Ezra Miller's little flash cave, right? If you watch that scene, their hair changes every scene because you, it's like wig, no wig, wig, no wig. Like it changes. Like when Ben throws it, that's Zach shot. But then when it cuts back to him, his widow's peak shifts up and then shifts back. And like you can see this. I didn't even notice the and shifting of the hair. It was so they, bad. There were so many other yeah. bad things in the movie that I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and then the the Ezra scene when he catches it is like you're the Batman, and his hair has this like kind of like feathered cut to it. And then he's like, and it cuts back. He's like, can I keep this? And his hair's like up here now, and it keeps cutting. It's bad. Like, okay, that's a wig. That's not a wig. Like, and you can see that they butchered and just like chopped all of Zach's stuff into it. So it was messy, right? That backfired. Clearly it failed. The movie just, I think after the reshoots, after the the piss poor marketing and just the, the whole fan reaction, I think the movie's net profit was still like negative 20 million. Like it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Right? So they basically were like, no, just wipe it all away. Let's reset everything. Let's make different movies. And then they just kind of went from there. But ironically... Ironically, if they would have let Zach put out his original movie in 2016, we would have been finished with his entire story two and a half years ago. Because and Zach, if Warner Brothers wasn't happy with this, it's now over. You did yeah. it. It's out there. It's done. You can move on. But that's not what happened, of course. But that was the best part because Zach had even pitched to them saying, after my movie, because he pitched an anthology. He did not pitch an, an ongoing shared universe like Marvel. He pitched a beginning, middle, and an end. And you'll see why when I go into the story, because he pitched an ending. And then the he told them flat out, like, after this is done, introduce a Flashpoint movie. And then have Flash reset the universe, and you can reboot everything. Yeah, none of this is sacred to him. And the fact yeah. that he knew that, I love that he gave himself an out, because did, yeah. it means that he can break all of your toys, and all the fans will go, oh no, you did that thing. But guess what? At the end of the day, it's all going to be fine. Uh, that's yep. great. That's really great. And and mind you, you're going to read this story. He's going to break a lot of toys, and it's going to be very controversial. Um, if you think that what they did with Marvel did with Endgame was like, oh my god, like there was actually rumors that because of the time Jeff Johns was so tight with Kevin Feige in Marvel, there were actually rumors that he leaked the story bits to Feige. And that's why Endgame and Infinity War almost verbatim matched this story beat for beat. And this was a story that Zach had penned like three years before they even started writing uh, Infinity War and Endgame because of, and you can see why when, when you get into that. But part of this pitch meeting where they did this, um, Jim Lee actually posted this on social media last year um, saying, basically, long story short, uh, he talked about secrets and how sometimes in this industry, he's not able to share the things he works on. And his life is basically just, I can't talk about things. But now that the Snyder Cut's coming out, let me talk about this thing. And this room, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that's uh, that's Jim Lee's office. That's cool. This was actually Zack Snyder's workspace on the Warner Brothers lot. It was a, uh, it was above, it was in this loft space, this giant loft space. I think it was like, maybe 100 by 100 feet, like this big old loft space. He basically built his office into, and he did all of his work in here. 
It looks like a bat cave. I mean, yeah. it's not a bat cave. I can see, you know, but it looks like a bat cave. There's like a gothic chandelier there. It looks yep. like Zack Snyder wanted to pretend to be Bruce Wayne for a little bit. Right, right. So they built up this wall of uh, whiteboards and uh, Jeff Johns came in and wrote all the stuff from the story bits on there. Uh, and Jim Lee uh, added all these spaces so that he could draw the story bits. Right, just drawing with an expo marker, just doing yeah. some great fucking art on with an expo marker yeah, that yeah. will get erased by the janitor at the end of the day. And the funny thing is, they're still not erased. They're still out there because these boards oh, were actually shown in a uh, in a museum expo that they did last year. Hot damn! Good job. I'm glad that art got to get saved. Anyways, all right. So uh, now we're gonna get into the true spoiler territory as we start telling the story. So here is a close up on the finished slides. Uh, each of these slides um, were apparently like, I don't know, like four and a half feet long. Like they were just big slides, right? Maybe five feet long by like two and a half. And there was a total of, I think, 12 slides that were made all together. And each one of these slides encompassed a bit from the story, right? So they basically say, here's Justice League part two. First, first part was basically saying, this is what we want to do with our characters. This is where they're going to go by the end of the story. Here is the like the purpose, right? He's like, here's the purpose. And then they go right into the story. And then he divides it and says, here's where we would end movie one so that we can get into movie two. And movie two would be a whole different beast. All right. So let's uh let's get right into it. Uh so would okay, I think okay, okay, okay. Uh okay, never mind. All right, I was gonna ask you, do things change now? if things move forward the answer yes. is yes things have to change yes because the um, other movies have changed whatever i don't know what the story of aquaman 2 is but whatever that is it's probably different the movie that's coming out that that would then was what was originally talked about well actually the original story of aquaman 1 changed too mm. because this was after zach left uh, apparently james Wan had fought the studio a bit because they kept trying to change uh, aquaman into what they wanted and not what he and zach had planned so even now, Aquaman 1 is not fully canon to Zack Snyder's vision. I mean, obviously, if you saw the Snyder cut, you saw that Mara had a British accent that she didn't have in the other movie. She talked about her parents being dead, but in the, the James Wan movie, her dad was very much alive. And uh, obviously, the Atlanteans all have different garb and different look. The whole aesthetic has changed because Zack and James had a very different plan for what they were going to do with Atlantis. And it kind of made sense with this whole idea that um, Atlantis had this British accent because... The last time they interacted with humans was during the Middle Ages. Sure, so sure. Their only version of English was based on one dialect. So, anyways, uh, so technically James Wan's Aquaman is not canon to the Justice League. So even then, moving forward, if Zack gets his opportunity to finish his story, he would still kind of cherry-pick certain aspects. Sure, so, sure. Anyways, all right, so let's uh, let's here we go. Any more, uh, any more spoiler questions before we jump in deep into the spoilers? Uh... When they made Wonder Woman 1984, she didn't talk to anybody, right? She just like went into a room and wrote a movie and was like, here so you go. This has nothing people, to do with anything. A lot of people blame Patty Jenkins for that movie. Um, it was 100% Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns wanted to make the Linda Carter Wonder Woman in modern day live action. So Wonder Woman 84 was 100% not coherent to anything Zach or Patty or anyone had planned up until the big takeover that happened after Zach's leaving. They they ruined Wonder Woman 2. Whatever Wonder Woman 2 could have been, that Wonder Woman 1 movie is so fun, and you're like, great, let's get more of this. And then we got none of it. Um, does 
where does Shazam play in all of that? Because that movie was very fun, very watchable, but it felt it, it never felt like he got into the world. You know what I mean? It always felt like he was one step behind everybody else. So, uh, truth be told, uh, Shazam never was actually a part of Zach's uh, bit. Um, yeah. That was actually something that never was meant to be for whatever reason. Um, Zack Snyder's world is dark. Why would you have a kid character? Why would you have to, you know what I mean? So many evil things are happening that you then would have to justify it to a 12-year-old. You'd have a lot of scenes of it being like, why is this happening? And they'd be like, listen, there's bad people in the world, kid. So uh, one thing that I want to bring up, because you brought up Wonder Woman, and I think this is a good segue into just covering this. Let me see if I can find it, because uh, my... I wasn't expecting you to bring up Wonder Woman, but... Oh, well, if we're on Wonder Woman, the other note that I had from Batman v Superman, the director's cut, is the Wonder Woman stings are very loud and feel very off from the Batman v Superman. It'll be a very, very serious scene, and then all of a sudden you hear that Greek, that, ah, it's like, okay, settle down, okay? That's not what the tone of this scene is. Yeah, um... It was interesting, um, but mind you, this was Zach's original. Uh, Zach's original bit for Wonder Woman okay. was very different uh, than what we we actually got. Um, I think that's just the best way to put it. Um, I don't know why on earth. Apparently, you can't download this picture online because the internet is atrocious. You can screen capture whatever you want to do. Don't worry about. It. I'll see it okay. later. You tell, I, I, tell, I, I, tell I found, I found a version that I can pull up. Okay, uh, okay. Zach's original pitch for Wonder Woman. <coughs> Sorry, coughing. Um, okay. I'm dying a little bit. Zach's original pitch for Wonder Woman was so different than what we ended up getting. Um, was I, I kind of love it. Um, so he has this picture in his office. This was a concept picture that they did uh, showing Wonder Woman's first interaction with the world of man during the Crimean War in 1800s. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, as you can see in the picture, Wonder Woman is holding heads of fallen soldiers as trophies because she's an yep. Amazonian, and that's what they did back then. And she, right? And she don't give no fucks about men, FYI. Yeah, but her her team was even more diverse. I mean, you can see there's a samurai, there's an Apache, there's a, a Muslim warrior, there's a an African warrior, a British soldier. It was very very diverse because that was just how that war went. Um, I like this. I like that concept picture so much more than all those white dudes that we got in. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> One's Italian, I'm sure. From what I can gather, the original pitch was that Zach wanted that to be his Wonder, his Wonder Woman's backstory. And that her first outing was Crimean War. She gets involved. She meets Steve Trevor in World War One-ish. And then uh, she shuts herself off from the world because of his death. And even that movie changed a lot. The third act for that movie was very different. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, one Woman 84, that whole 80s thing was never meant to be part of the, the cards. It was always supposed to be um, Wonder Woman has been around for a few hundred years and then shut herself off. And now she's back because the world needs assistance and Superman's gone. And that's kind of how she got brought into it. Mm, mm. But anyways, uh, Zach had a very specific vision. He had an anthology. It was it was dark. It was gritty. It was, it was very much what people were not expecting. But in hindsight... Uh, in contrast to Marvel, it probably would have been exactly what we wanted. Um, and can I assume that have seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, this just picks up end credits of that movie, and then this movie starts? Not really. It was actually a little bit, there's a bit of a jump. 
And uh, mind you, he's even said in interviews that these these pictures, these pitches, this this text is all from a pitch he did in 2015, right before he started fully filming Justice League Part One, and that movie obviously changed some things. And you'll see the changes yeah. in here. So okay. he said it. He even has new storyboards for what his pitch evolved into, and those will be released if he doesn't get to make them. So. <laughs> Okay, great. Okay, so real, we, we, I hope we don't see the light of day so this gets made. But if it does happen, I understand. Okay, Taylor. Yeah. All right. Loose so can do, we can do. Starting Let's jump off. in. Uh, according to the text on the story, on the slides, although originally pitched as one film, we believe the character arcs of our heroes and villains, along with the epic battle with Darkseid, which unite the League and the world and the entire DC universe, warrants two films. However, this does not mean that you have two films centered on Darkseid's invasion. Rather, Justice League 2 would be a very grounded, personal, and character-driven film that would follow the Justice League both together and separately as they mend old wounds on the road to becoming better and stronger heroes. While Lex Luthor recruits a league of his own made up of revenge-driven villains introduced in the hero solo films, Dr. Maru from Wonder Woman 2017, Leonard Stark from Flash 2018, Orm and Black Manta from Aquaman 2018, and the Riddler from the Batman. These villains would all link together, would all link the DC films together. Like Empire Strikes Back and the last Harry Potter films, Just League 2 would end with a cliffhanger, revealing only that the end of uh, revealing only at the end of the film that Lex and his league are connected to Darkseid. Then flash forwarding five years into the future where Darkseid had now taken Earth. So that's the initial their initial preface. When they say, by the way, this is what we're setting up. So, like, ready for this roller coaster? Here's what we're doing. Interesting as well that even back then, they were still wanting to bring the Riddler back into the Batman universe. Yes. And, and, inter you, and interesting, he plays that, a huge role in this story. Well, I can I, I can see why. It would have been a very different one than the Matt Reeves one that we got. But interesting that DC is like, no, this is a good way to get audiences back into the Batman. Yeah. What is the green triangle? What is that one? That's Aquaman. His, That's his Aquaman. A. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. That's the thing. Okay. All right. So the character arcs through Justice League parts two and two A for Superman, with Lois's help, back from the dead, Superman will learn to become Clark Kent again, feeling more human than ever, and he and Lois start a family. Okay. Wonder Woman story. Wonder Woman will reconnect with the Amazons and her mother, eventually becoming the new queen and rejoining these isolationist hero warriors and with the outside world. So she was going to basically bridge Themyscira back to the modern day world. Great. She's a peacekeeper. Okay. She's getting everyone together. They're joining the UN of the planet. Aquaman's story with the help of Mera will bring the seven kingdoms together, becoming one true king, building a new alliance with the oceans and the surface. Listen, okay. everything is great. Things have never been better. Everyone's joining hands again. Okay. Flash's story. Uh, he will free himself from the past, releasing his father from prison with Cyborg's help and learning how to master the time traveling abilities literally becoming able to be in two places at once. So he was that's, essentially going to become the kingdom come version of flash where he is now everywhere. That's the most anime storyline I've ever heard that he's just going to go trade really hard to get super strong. Dope. I'll watch that. Yep. Now cyborgs cyborg was supposed to be the, the heart of the justice league movie, which, you know, his character was essentially supposed to be where the audience connects the most with cyborg. His story will evolve both into modern-day god of the digital age and into a human once again. Mm. So his evolution was actually going to allow him to reconnect his humanity back to himself. Oh, interesting. Okay. Batman's story was the most controversial, and here we go. Uh, first, Batman, off, first off, 
This Batman wants to die. This Batman does not expect to grow old. And him and his Alfred are amazed that he's even gotten this yep. old. Right? right? I love that you say this. Batman is pounding pills and drinking wine and having casual sex with ladies in his bed. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, this is a broken Batman. This yes. is a Batman that has no problem using ma a, a machine robot body and punches people really, really hard and pushes them off stuff and creates a javelin spear to kill Superman. So put your bat. This is. Put yourself in that mindset of Batman, which is something I never gave Ben Affleck Batman credit for. I kind of always hated him. I didn't like the edit of him. I didn't understand his choices. Now it's like, oh, he's already like, he's I'm broken. going, he's broken. And he will not only die for Gotham, he's going to die for the world. He yes. is the person that is trying to represent mankind because he's not a metahuman, which is another thing that got brought up a lot more than I felt was. The first time in that shitty Justice League movie, when they open up the QuickTime files on Batman's computer and show you trailers of other movies, I was like, fuck this. But in the Batman v Superman, it's just this thing. And it's on his mind of like, oh shit, I got to deal with superheroes different than me. Okay. Thank you for my aside. So this okay. grizzled Batman, what does he decide is going to happen? All right. So a little preface before we go into his, his statement of what his future is. Batman, Zack Snyder's Batman is remorseful, right? Bottom line. Yeah. He he is now, thanks to what happened, thanks, thanks to the Martha scene that everyone reviled so much, uh, Batman had realized that he himself had become the gun that had killed his parents. He had become everything that he had swore to protect the world against, and now his only way of fixing that was to dramatically shift, and he believes in the end, the only way that he can truly atone for his actions was to die for the sake of justice. So yeah, yeah, Batman's yeah. story he, was he, to... That Batman does bad things. He has gone very far down the line. You know what yeah. I mean? He yeah. even tells Alfred, Alfred's like, oh, you know, we're vigilantes, right? Like he says something like we're like private mercenaries. And, and he goes, yeah, we've never worked with... I'm above the law. Like he almost condemns mankind. Like I do not rule myself by these fucking politicians i'm the batman yeah all right so now finally into the into the thick of it into the thick of it don't do it <laughs> and batman will ultimately sacrifice his life for these unlikely friends and the woman he loves leaving behind a legacy that will truly never die yep 100 i don't know who the woman he loves is but that's fine that is the most controversial part of this and you will see why but zach even himself said he changed it so there's differences Okay, okay. All right. Justice League Part 2, target release date 2019. Oh, oh, you guys, you missed that. That's not happening. You guys yep. missed that hard. The Justice League United, we open, in, we open the Justice League in, act, uh, in acting during a natural disaster, working as a different powerful team. They're becoming, uh, they become, weeks after the first Justice League, they act together, save lives, uh, but they're refugees so political tensions is high and the world is on edge. Yeah, the world hates refugees. What are yeah. we supposed to do with them? In the aftermath, the Justice League regroup at the only headquarters they know, the Batcave. Flash is enthusiastic while Superman remains a bit distant, at least with Batman and Aquaman. Um, at least with Batman and Aquaman is facing a continued skepticism of the surface world. 
I picture I picture Superman just keep bumping his head and being like, "Why do you have so many bats in here?" <laughs> like it's just like flying around and like dealing with bats all the time. And uh, Wonder Woman relates to Arthur. Her people were abandoned uh, by this world a long time ago. It is clear that although the world is united, the wor- uh, although the Justice League is united, the world is not. The League goes back to their individual lives, mend old wounds, except for Batman, who's dealing with fresh ones left alone in his cave. And here we go. Here's the controversy. And this is going to be like minutes in Justice League Part 2. Okay. Story bit. Bruce and Lois. Bruce secretly meets with Lois. Both of them are still searching for Lex Luthor. There's tension between them since Superman has returned. The meeting ends after Lois tells Bruce that Superman needs her more than ever. And Bruce know Bruce knows that Lois is hiding something else from him. Cut to... Yep, yep, I see your face. I understand. Batman was had a crush on Lois Lane? Just wait for it. It gets into more of it. Uh, Cut to Lex Luthor now recruiting his own league. Meanwhile, deep in the Brazilian jungle, Lex Luthor locates Dr. Maru, last seen in One Woman, somehow still alive thanks to experimenting on herself, her now prolonged life and testing chemical weapons uh, on herself as an unfortunate lab rat along with others that she's capturing. Uh, like an obsessed stalker, Maru has spent decades collecting information and artifacts on Diana and the Amazonians. Now that Diana She's, has this become... Is, this, is the, this is the cat lady, right? We're talking about the cat lady? No, no, no. Dr. Maru is the, the lady with the fake face in World War One. She's oh, wow. been alive for 80 plus years because she's prolonged her life with her poisons. Great. I'm so happy because I knew that What's-Her-Name was always a part of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Okay. Get all right. Um, now that Diana has become known to the world, Lex offers Maru a chance at revenge the same revenge he wants on Diana's friends, Superman and Batman. Yo, is Maru that Captain accepts... Cold? Yep, he's he was initially part of Flash's uh movie. Oh, that's fun. Yep, all right. Um, well, they were in prison at the end of Aquaman. Um, so oh no, sorry, I I uh I skipped a bit, sorry. Um Maru accepts, Lex smiles, and says, then let us begin. In the uh, in the desert, with Maru's help, Lex breaks Orm and Black Manta out of the desert prison, where they were then imprisoned at the end of Aquaman. So there was some changes. I hope they. I, I, I hope that's not like a big explosion they get out. I would love to see some supervillains. I'd love to see these superheroes, villains, fuck up a bunch of guards. It was supposed to actually be Lex coming in, um, kind of like waltzing in himself, and Dr. Maru just poisoning everybody, and then just Great. walking in. Great, great. Right. And then finally, outside of Central City, in Iron Heights Penitentiary, Lex finds Leonard Snart, where he was left at the end of the Flash, and offers Leonard a chance to uh offers Leonard a chance to advance his own weaponry and take down the Flash with him. So he's yeah. like, I've got Lex Corp, I can give you better guns. It's a win-win. You're gonna have the best cold guns you've ever thought of. Yeah, yep. I got it all for you. Intercut Lex and the villains with the Justice League returning to their lives. Okay, so then a kind of montage bit. Yeah. In Metropolis, Superman asks Lois where she's uh where she was going to tell him um where she was going uh what she was going to tell him, sorry. Uh and she says, uh what do you tell me tell you what, Clark? Superman looks at her and says, I can hear the second heartbeat. Oh no, she's pregnant. Yep. So she uh and she <gasps> Is it Batman's kid? Uh Clark has been dead. The world believes that too. Superman mistakes Lois' hesitation for fear, and she and he says it won't hurt you. He says, 
at the Louvre in Paris, Diana and uh, Menelope, which was another Amazonian who came uh, to uh, the world of man, who was supposed to be in Justice League, but didn't end up turning that out. Sure. Um, she, uh, intercut right here. The, this was the Amazonian who came to warn Diana about Steppenwolf. So originally, an Amazonian was supposed to come instead of the arrow. Okay. They changed that. Uh, discover that there may be a way to remember the path back to Themyscira, but Diana must uh, use the lasso, the lasso of truth, on herself to unlock her mind. It is a dangerous process, but Diana wants uh, wants to help this Amazonian home, and Diana wants to see her mother again, even if it might hurt her. And her family might reject her. That's really fun. That's great. That's a great idea. That's right? really yeah. You go inside yourself, but you might not get out of there because you got this magical lasso around you. That's All right, great. And here's and here's the fun part. Um, Diana puts the lasso on and suddenly she's overwhelmed by visions. In the beginning, they're wonderful. For the first time in over a century, she sees her home. Soaring over the island, she sees the Amazons and finally her mother. But then the visions grow dark. Diana sees herself as the new god of war. Oh, yeah. The guy she defeated back in uh, then, night in the yeah. World War One. And then in a battle with Superman, Diana kills him and cries out. The, this Amazonian frees Diana from the lasso. Despite the pain and confusion, Diana figures out a way home. In Central City, City Courthouse, uh, Barry is at a hearing thanks to Cyborg, Iris, and the troop of lawyers from Wayne Enterprises. The state has examined new evidence that Barry and Vic have presented and agree to reopen Henry Case's file. Barry Great. is elevated. Yo, look how much blood is on Superman's face. She kicked the shit out of yeah. him. And then... Along an underwater, along along an underwater continental shelf, uh, Aquaman and Mera are in a violent battle with the last of the Second Kingdoms, the, the Lost Kingdom, the Unseen. It explodes around tidal pools and active volcano flows. Arthur has the Seven Kings, uh, the Seventh King, on the ground. His trident at his throat. The Seventh King tells him to kill him, and Arthur says he wants an alliance instead. But the Seventh King refu- Seventh King refuses. Arthur leaves frustrated. The last and lost kingdom refuses to unite with the rest of the ocean. He's not going to kill you. He can't kill yep. you. He's a good person. He's not a killer guy. All right. Uh, in the Bat Cave, Cyborg upgrades the cave, providing a new female AI voice for Alfred to interact with. Great. Become... And that's all going to be super funny because the AI is going to say like real her stuff to Alfred. And Alfred's going to be like, are you single? And she'll be like, yeah, of course. I'm an AI. That's great. <laughs> Right, he's gonna be talking to her all day, going on missions, giving her briefs. Oh goodness! <laughs> all right, uh, uh, Alfred, uh, who has become a father figure of sorts, uh, looking at the empty cave around them. Cyborg, as Alfred, why is he never home? And Alfred solemnly replies, "Because then he would have to face himself." So, very much an introspective view. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, and that when Batman's at home, he's doing pills and drinking because he doesn't want to think about what he is. Yeah, totally. Well, no, he's already, he's getting above that, but now he's having to deal with who he is now. Well, that's the problem with getting sober. Then you got to deal with yourself. So just like every time you get sober, you have to either bury yourself in something else, which Batman is doing with his work. Yeah. Just to avoid dealing with that. Yeah, he can't go to Batman. therapy. He can't go to therapy after being Batman for 40 years. You know what I mean? Like, that's a exactly. lot to deal with for somebody. Yeah, that's too much. Batman and Lois now on the hunt for Lex Luthor. Batman moves deep into the Canadian wilderness, doing second, uh, 
Well, there's uh, doing second, following up on a lead that Lex may have cited, uh, have been cited in one of the remote towns. He fights through, uh, he fights his way through a secret location only to discover that Lex is not hiding out, but is actually the Riddler. Okay, great. And who's working with who's, yeah, now we're going to find out he's attached to all of this. Awake for days, maybe weeks. A Riddler has has a long upkept beard, fingers are dirty, and rantings written across the walls of his cabin. He looks at Batman, a man possessed. Luther asked the question, and I had to know the answer. Lois is now on Luther's trail. She has located Dr. Maru's lair in the Brazilian jungle. Lois writes everything in a journal, keeping it offline and private. She grows pale as she realizes who Maru is and what Lex might be up to. He is forming a team of his own. So, again, they're giving Lois... Yeah, and I felt that was true even in the the thing I didn't remember in the Batman v Superman was how much it was a Lex Luthor movie. Luthor is in the world. Yeah, he's making a team. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Back in the Canadian wilderness, Batman faces off against the Riddler. He tells Bruce about how Lex came to him for information, and Lex presented him with the anti-life equation. The riddle of life itself. Right, right. Which, yeah, right. I mean, and it drives him crazy, but, you know, a genius right. crazy person is going to figure it out. Wait for it. And Riddler had solved it. He knows Oof. what it can do. And he knows once it's unlocked, Lex will make all life meaningless. In this frantic state, the Riddler raises a gun, but points it at his own head. Time to solve the very last riddle. Bang. Batman is shocked as Riddler has now killed himself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Batman, you can't beat someone up if they're dead. <laughs> the Justice League members unite with their families. Wonder Woman and Menelope arrive at Themyscira. Diana is unsure what her mother's reaction will be, but a tearful and overjoyed Hippolyta embraces her. The Queen declares there will be a celebration unlike any other in Amazonian history. Her daughter is finally home. The pots in the corner, big smiles on their faces. They start singing, be our guest. There's a big opening number. It's great. In the oceans, Aquaman and Mera bring the final kingdom of the seven, uh, the unseen, into their alliance. For the first time since Atlantis sank, all has been united again. In Central City, for the first do, time since he was the, a kid. Do the, does the Lost Tribe look like, like, they all wear, like, pretty armor? Do they look like cavemen? Do they look, like, different than the other people? Unfortunately, it's not really clear, but Zach's version of all the Atlantean uh, races were very different than what we got. So okay, okay. You can only speculate what it's going to be. Okay. <clears throat> In Central City, for the first time since he was a kid, there is no wall of glass between Barry and his father. Henry Allen has been released from prison, exonerated. And Barry is about to tell his father who he really is. In Metropolis, Lois returns to Superman and tells him she will accept that Clark is gone and that Superman is all that is left. But she has to go, still on the trail of Lex. She wants to break up with Clark. In Gotham, Batman returns from the wilderness, shaken by Riddler's proclamation. Intercut, Lois discovering from General Swanwick that Lex uh, has still has one of the mother boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, still has all three of the mother boxes. My mistake. So after they were separated in Justice League, Lex was able to find them and recollected them. Goddamn piece of shit. And then Lex activates his plan. At the Three Rivers, uh, helicopters survey the area. Lex is on the scene, and his team is elsewhere, but in still in contact with him. Lex activates the boxes. His true plan to destroy the Justice League and take the secret power called the Anti Life Equation for his own. 
It will give him the power over all living life. The anti-life equation grows and turns, uh, and as Lex turns on the boxes, Cyborg's, Cyborg blinks, feeling horrible emptiness, and an influx of data stops for the first time since he went online, and the boom tube erupts in front of Lex, surprising him, emerging from the portal, Desaad, the horrific sadist servant of his master, Darkseid, who emerges the... behind him. The point of the information not coming anymore to Cyborg is to say like, oh, uh, uh, something has now happened that the universe has to catch up with. Like something yep. that is has changed time and space is happening and all of a sudden your AI algorithm of predicting things has no ability to do so. But to also kind of um, explain a little bit further, uh, Cyborg was made from the mother boxes. So when the mother boxes go online and open up the moon tube, he is cut off from the network for the oh, first time. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, great. Okay. All right. Uh, Darkseid takes the power of the anti-life equation for himself to Lex's surprise. Okay, hold on. Question. It, I understand what the equation is. It's it's a thing, and they now have the answer to it. But is it like on a thumb drive? How are the, is it is it is it a, is it a tablet? How is he just? Give him a piece of paper with it on it. How does that, or is it just no, like um, knowledge? So as you saw in Jack Sire's Just League, the anti-life equation was that giant symbol that encompassed the battlefield. Um, once um, it's been uh, completed and unlocked, it grants whoever completed it, uh, it basically kind of like sucks the energy and kind of grants the, the completionist uh, the power over life itself. Uh, I'm getting very heavy vibes. Isn't that also what happened in Full Metal... Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, where yeah, they're going to saying... they're going to sacrifice an entire town of people. Yeah, and stuff. then they're going to open the the eye to God and then suck the powers of God. No, no, see Taylor, that's the anti life equation. And once you go there, God asks you a question, and you go to that door. Yeah, and then Darkseid becomes an alchemist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, all right. So, so Superman, Superman punches him in the face. Uh, in the Batcave, Superman, Batman, and Lois regroup. They learn Darkseid's arrival. Superman tells Batman that it, that this is the fight among the gods. She's my world, he tells Bruce. Protect her. Superman flies off to confront Darkseid. As Superman leaves, Bruce and Lois agree. Bruce knows she's pregnant. Lois ends the argument by telling Bruce, "You're not the father." She tries oh, to tell Bruce about. Batman's. She tries to tell Bruce about what she's discovered and what Lex is planning, but he won't listen. Uh, at the Three Rivers, uh, uh, taking in Darkseid's arrival, Lex tells Darkseid that Darkseid has the power to kill Superman. Darkseid moves forward, acknowledging Lex. He says to Lex, I don't want him dead. I want him to submit. Uh, yo, the girl yo, says Lex. That's, 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 the, that's a great want for a character. Yeah. What, 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 what does it matter? What If Superman's dead, I don't have him. I want to watch him want subjugate him. planets for yep. me. I want right. the most powerful being as my lapdog. Yep. All right. Um, uh, he says, I want him to submit. Lex replies, the girl, she is the key to breaking his spirit. Superman arrives and battles at a battle with Darkseid erupts. But uh, Darkseid booms to Lois in the Batcave. <gasps> and he blasts her with his crazy laser eyes. Collapsing around her. Batman uh, and Batman at his arrival. Bruce looks down at Darkseid and Lois from behind the glass wall from above in the computer room. Darkseid stares at Lois. Bruce is overwhelmed. What can he do? 
Superman flies at incredible speed to Gotham, arrives just in time to see Darkseid unleashing his Omega Beams from his eye, his eyes turning Lois to ash. Superman cries out. The sound shatters, grief-stricken. He moves to tears. He moves to tear Darkseid apart. But Darkseid gazes him, the power of the anti-life equation now running through his veins. Superman stops. His mind has now been affected by Darkseid. Bruce watches it all in horror. This is also... The scene we uh, saw in Justice League. Right, but also this uh, trauma to Batman is again another fucking trauma. A guy who already has gone past Breaking Bad. The, 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 The straw has already broken the camel's back. At this point, Batman will become a lunatic that will do anything probably even right. carry some machine guns in a nightmare timeline because yep. he has literally that's it that's it no more life means nothing until i can change this thing right so uh and that's kind of how they explain that the, the anti-life equation allowed someone who is in complete and utter grief complete like soul shattering my life is over to succumb to the anti-life equation killing lois broke superman just enough for dark side to infect him and to take him Got in there, bro. Yo, fear is the mind killer, and it got him. All right, he's yep. And that's what uh, obviously in the Jack Sires justly we saw that that shot. Oh, we saw the, the bat cave. Yeah, we yeah. saw him taking Superman, and we saw yeah, that. That's exactly what it was. And we saw bad guy Superman. Absolutely great. Yep. The Justice League is now under attack. But before Lois is able to warn everyone, Lex signals his team to attack. On Themyscira, Dr. Maru unleashes a chemical gas that covers the entire island and kills the Amazons. Great. Okay, so we're going to see a genocide of the yep. DC world because we're going to change all of this. But we're this see the but villains this, win. Right, but this has to sit with – but the audience needs to be cool with that. And I, I'm going to let you finish. Uh, I'm going to – Kanye, I'll let you finish. But how great to see what happens when our heroes fail. You know, we we don't want our heroes to fail. And I'm going to say, if this, if you're telling me that this was before that, that uh, Avengers, you know what I mean? I'm going to let you know, I'm feeling a lot of those vibes right now. Yeah, yeah. Great. A gas attack, a horrific thing to see, but Zach shows horrific things happening to cities. Okay. All Tell right. me about, and then we're going to see some crazy shit happen to Atlantis. Oh no. Okay. Ready for the, all right. So, um, covering the island and kills the Amazons. Even Diana dies in her mother's arms, but Maru dies herself, sick and twisted, with a sick and twisted smile on her face as she's revealed her revenge. Wonder Woman died? In Atlantis. What? Wonder Woman died? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, next. In Atlantis, Orm and Black Manta attacked at the coronation of uniting the kingdoms, killing Arthur. Mera okay, right, which is, herself. which is why we didn't see any of these people. Yes, but she does survive because we did see her. Okay. Yep. Killing Arthur, uh, Mera, barely surviving herself with a slash across her face. In Central City, Leonard attacks the Flash uh, with his amped up weaponry, courtesy of Luther. Oh, he's gonna, his dad's gonna die! Cyborg is blown apart by while saving Barry, losing his lower half of his body. Okay. Okay. Back in the Batcave, Batman watches in horror as Darkseid takes full control of Superman. Superman turns on Batman and Batman is barely able to escape. Yeah, and this is and 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 this is just Batman. This is just 
in this universe, him screaming at himself being like, I fucking was right. I shouldn't have trusted this fuck. Yep. This is exactly what I said was going to happen. And now I have to do all those things. Okay. Barely, get, barely gets away with his life. Barely gets away. Lex believes he's won, but comes face to face with Superman. He looks at, at Lex burning red in his eyes and lights him on fire. Lex oh. screams. The world goes red and cut to five years later. Yeah. Sand dunes. Yeah. Molten also, solar pits. Yeah. Dude, uh, why the fuck would alien bad guys care about Lex Luthor? Light that guy on fire. I don't need that guy to subjugate your planet. I'll do that on my own. All right. And so cut to the ending scene five years later. Sand dunes, smoldering solar pits, gothic spires from rising from the desert. Once this was Gotham, now, like the rest of the Earth, it all belongs to Darkseid. Coming coming over this dune, the post-apocalyptic Batman, as we saw in BVS, with a ragtag army of rebels. The surviving members of the Just League walk over the rise of Dune to see a dilapidated Wayne Manor. Bruce leads them. Flash drags what is left of Cyborg behind him. Bruce looks at this guy grimly. We need to get inside before night. He is coming. And part one, credits roll. That was Justice yeah. League part two. I was Justice League two, part one. Totally get it. And everyone walks away like, man, what a downer, what a bummer. But that's why we get to see them redeem their actions. Also, this Justice League team is the one with the bad, has, um, has, uh, 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 uh what is his name? I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Teen Titans. Slade? That's right. Yeah. yeah, it has. So this was, with- mind you, this was before they introduced Slade into the mix because originally, uh, the bad guys for the Batman movie was supposed to involve like Riddler and stuff. But okay. then eventually they introduced uh, Deathstroke and said, maybe it'd be better if we did Deathstroke um, hunting down Batman. And that's how that story went. So obviously things have changed. And this nightmare team was supposed to also include uh, Lex, uh, not Lex, uh, supposed to include Joker and uh, Deathstroke. So uh, wait, put me back on screen for a second. The implication there as well is that even in the most fucked up version of the earth the joker has been able to kill him is still alive the joker has run into bug man and has been like let me give you a reach around while i put a knife in your neck like he has been able to get to this point as well so yeah that's a crazy thing as well okay so obviously you're seeing some of the changes but that was the base outline for the first half part two green lantern arrives on earth great for the very first time correct yep Oh, this is one of them. Yeah, so this is Hal Jordan arriving. Got it. We open by introducing Green Lantern to the Justice League film universe. He's inside his ship, crashing to Earth, desperately trying to make contact with someone, anyone, but there's no response, only static across the entire planet. The ship crashes hard. Disoriented, the Lantern hears someone outside, opening the door, a silhouette of a figure. It's Batman. Opening on the Earth five years later, as seen at the end of the first half, Parademons... Uh, Attack the ship. Batman is now defending the lantern. Then an unexpected ally uh, assists Batman. Deadshot. Coming from behind, firing at the parademons. In this post-Darkseid world, Deadshot is teamed up with the Dark Knight himself. Then, they're quickly joined by the Flash. Batman barks at the Flash to stay out of the fight. Barry is too important to the mission to risk getting hurt. Flash saves Batman. Cocky, but soon very overwhelmed by the parademons. Flash is almost killed, but Lantern saves him. An iconic friendship between the two of now just beginning. Lantern looks across the earth, analyzing it with his ring. He explains to them who he was 
and what the Green Lantern Corps is, or rather was, how he came here looking for his partner from Earth who's been missing and presumed dead. Like most of the Lanterns, Darkseid's army is paving their way across the entire universe. Got it. So even the Green Lantern Corps wants the universe to get reset because they also have had terrible losses on their end. Yeah. So uh, Hal Jordan comes back to Earth looking for Jon Stewart, who is now presumed missing. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the sky, the Big Dipper constellation is now missing. Uh, missing two stars. And, Bat and Batman says that's all the stars... Uh, says that's all the stars will go out because of what's happened to Earth. So the sun is setting. Batman says they need to move. The Justice League now regroups. Batman, Deadshot, The Flash, The Lantern return to the League's hidden base under Wayne Manor with Mara joining them, walking to the camp across the desert with Arthur's trident slung across her shoulders carrying two buckets of water. Mara remarks that she had to venture further outside of camp to locate the water. Ugh. It's so sad to see his that beautiful trident be used for common chores, but that's the state of the world we're in. All right, so I didn't have pictures for the next two bits because the next two storyboards were just solely text. They were lots of exposition here. So here we okay. go. Okay. Bruce explains his operation to the Lantern. They're planning on a move that will end Darkseid's reign on Earth, but Lantern doesn't think they have a shot. He wants to repair his ship and try to find any surviving members of the Corps, uh, Lantern wonders uh, what this Justice League could do to even stop Darkseid. This is the last supper of the Justice League. Reveal, post-Cyborg, a uh, post-Darkseid Cyborg, now half a man, able to plug into machinery, hanging in the Batcave, working on massive technology. He has created the Cosmic Treadmill. That will now help the Flash jump back in time. But to what end, asks the Lantern. Cyborg tells Lantern that specifics of how time travel works is very uncontrollable, and even if they can get Flash to travel back, they can only try this once a year so that the Earth will be in the very same spot it was, and the Flash doesn't travel back in time and lands up in space. What a good... Listen, time travel always sucks in movies. Just justify it. They can do it once a year, it's got to be in the same position, and they don't even know if it's going to work. Great! Yep. In order to operate... Uh, they need to steal the mother box from Darkseid's army. And they've known where it is. They've known where one is. But once they power the machine on, they'll get his attention. Lantern Everyone, asks too. Everyone's going to, yeah, they're going to get that box. Everyone's going to die doing so. And then we're going to jump back to the past. Yep. And uh, the Lantern asks, who is him? Mera responds, Darkseid controlled Superman. Even Lantern has heard of the Kryptonian. Worried that now he is under the control of Darkseid, uh, he heard his his spirit is unbreakable. Deadshot goes on, uh, goes on across the world beyond parademons. Nearly the entire population has fallen to the anti-life equation. Their minds being completely controlled by Darkseid. Deadshot says he remembers his even when his daughter was taken, and it haunts him worse than death. And he was the one from the second Suicide Squad movie, or am I picturing Will Smith right now? This is Will Smith. Okay. Um, they need to move soon. The planet alignment is finally tomorrow night, where Earth will finally be in the same place it was when Bruce first saw Bat Flash in the Batcave. If they don't jump then, they will not have another opportunity for almost another year. The plan is that Barry will have to warn Batman so that he can be prepared, but the Flash will only have 10 to 15 seconds before he's taken apart. So he can... So what, uh, so what can he say in that moment 
uh, amount of time to tell Bruce. Well, technically, they, we see that scene, but he didn't do a good enough right. job because Batman didn't get ready. Wait for it. They all agree that the, the message has to be simple. You have to stop Lex. If Lex is stopped, Darkseid will never come here and Lex will never have slaughtered the Justice League. They agree and they depart. Afterwards, Bruce tells pulls Barry aside and tells him in confidence that this plan will not work. He was trying to stop Lex already. The Flash has something has the Flash has to say something else to something else. And Bruce says that it's not his fault. In a rare moment of vulnerability, Bruce admits that she was Superman's world. And I believe I broke that connection. Bruce whispers to Barry's ear, and Flash's eyes go wide. The Flash can't help but say, no way. And Bruce responds to him, tell me that, and it will change everything. And that's where he says it was about Lois. It's always been about her. Nope. He he tells Flash that you tried this once, and it didn't work. You have to do it a different oh. time and give me a different message. So he knows that they've done this before, and they were sort of successful. Right, right. He did, right. He got some things ready, but he still was. it still wasn't yeah. enough. Back at the Batcave, Cyborg and Flash are prepared for the Flash's jump. Cyborg makes it clear that Flash won't have much time. He needs to deliver the message before he crumbles into nothingness and is ripped apart by the Speed Force. But if Barry succeeds, it won't matter. None of this will because none of it will have ever happened. <clears throat> Batman and the others steal the Mother Box. Then make a dead run back to the cave as the Flash and Cyborg prepare for Barry's jump. Superman now in full pursuit. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is just like that scene in Invincible. This is just yeah. like that cartoon on Amazon. Yeah. Superman arrives and faces off against the Justice League. From a tower, Deadshot fires kryptonite bullets at Superman's back, but Superman dodges it. Batman asks Deadshot over the comm, what happened? And Deadshot tells Batman, this better work. This better save my daughter. Superman flies through the tower and kills Deadshot. Yeah, rips that dude apart. Yep. Mera tries to remove the water... Uh, remove all of the water from Superman, but he crushes her. So she tries to pull the water out of his body, but he zips at her real fast and kills her. Okay. In the movie, I would have him freeze that water with his breath and then shoot icicle spears into her, and she dies. <laughs> uh, Green Lantern fires his ring at Superman, uh, but then Superman sends corrupted heat vision into the ring, and the ring explodes, taking Lantern's arm off. Yeah, and he's it, it, his... Green Lantern core is real weak right now. You know what I yeah. mean? They they need everyone's got to be together and strong, so that makes sense. Right. I mean, their their power comes from the the battery, and you're assuming that Oa has been destroyed, so all the power he has left is what's left on his remaining charge. Right, and it's not enough for Superman's Omega evil beams. Cyborg does what he can against Superman as Flash prepares the jump. Just after Cyborg activates the machine, Superman tosses him at the Parademons, and they tear Cyborg apart. Yeah. Then finally, Batman faces off against Superman. The Flash runs hard on the machine, seconds away from the drum. Batman is armed with Kryptonite Spear, again bringing the weapon back into the fight. Superman impales Batman with it. And these two heroes struggle. The Flash races as fast as he can, exploding through time, just before Superman reaches him. The Flash is pulled through time. Then... The portal opens and Bruce and Lois are at the are in the conversation where they first are arguing in Justice League 2. You're not the father. Bruce storms out. The Flash arrives, landing at that moment, and tells Bruce what he didn't hear before, but Bruce whispered in his ears. Lois lied to you. You are the father. 
I knew it! I knew it! Oh, he is the dad. He's the dad. Okay, and then what After else? After delivering this? the message, the Flash vanishes from existence. <sighs> Lois comes down try to, and trying to reconnect with Bruce, who is still reeling from what just had occurred. Lois again is insisting that he listens to her. This time, he does. She tells him that Lex uh, has a plan to take out the Justice League. Working together, they discover the attack against the League. Suddenly, Darkseid's boom tube uh, opens, water pouring into the Batcave. Darkseid looks at Lois, Bruce looking down from above a glass again. But this time, Bruce goes into action. What does he, why did, okay, what does he do this, what is his actions this time? Slamming through the glass, throwing himself in front of Darkseid's Omega Beams as he moves Lois out of the way. They strike him, but he survives. Of course, yay. Superman arrives just in time to see Batman is now injured, flies into a rage, but instead of being broken, he is now empowered. He is angry. Superman puts Darkseid on his heels, and Darkseid is now forced to retreat. Okay, great. Great. And Batman takes a near-fatal blow, basically. Yeah. Lois tells Superman he has to warn the others that Lex had a plan. With this information on Lois's lack, on Lois that Lois gives him on Lex's Injustice League, Superman is now able to save the League. He is able to stop Maru from releasing the gas. He is able to stop Orm and Black Manta from killing Aquaman, and he, he was able to stop Leonard from taking out Cyborg. That's what they call themselves. They don't call themselves the League of Doom anymore. They're the Injustice, no, just the Injustice League. League. Injustice League. Okay. Meanwhile, Bruce reveals to Lois that all. The, uh, that although he's alive, he was hit. There is a darkness now growing across his body, and he is in pain. But they need to keep fighting. He tells Lois, as he boards the Batplane, I could have had a life outside of this cave with you. And Bruce leaves to go across the world. And Batman, and, and he now has some weird... He's now being affected by the... the got it, got it, got it. The Earth unites against Darkseid. Darkseid's full-scale invasion begins... And it's too much for the Just League to handle on their own, but they won't have to. Led by an inspired Superman, the countries of the world come together. The armies, the Air Force, the navies. Wonder Woman and her mother lead the Amazonians off Themyscira to join in the war. In the oceans, Aquaman pleads the Seven Kingdom, declaring that they align themselves with Earth, aligning themselves with the surface world, the Eighth Kingdom. That they must be allies, not enemies. The Seven Kingdoms rise up to join the Amazons and the surface. The entire world has now become a Justice League. In a Lord of the Rings style finale. And I know what you up. want me to say. I get it. I'm so happy. I mean, this yep. is what the this is what everything has been building up towards. I like that uh the you know, Superman is such a weird event to happen to the world that that's kind of the first thing that primes them. And at this point, like, yeah, there is, uh, there's so much weirdness in the universe. There's people from space and the ocean and the wonder. Now everyone knows about these things. So like, yeah, everyone's here. We're all at the party. In a Lord of the Rings style finale, the history of the three armies that first battled Darkseid echoes itself today. The world of men, the Amazonians and the Atlanteans joining together. As the battle continues, the Green Lantern Corps arrives and fights along with alien green lanterns the eagles the eagles are here the entire dc universe together for the very first time on a scale unlike any other that has been seen battling to save the world together yeah during this battle hippolyta dies saving her daughter telling her she is proud of what she becomes the flash is now able to move so quickly that he begins to master his powers and is now existing in two places he is now unstoppable and takes out an entire army himself 
great. Does just yeah, like just like speeds them, like goes real fast, and they they like go into the ground, and then they can't move. <clears throat> Cyborg is able to overcome the mother, overpower the mother boxes, take control, and then triggering a chain reaction that destroys them, weakening Darkseid. It is ultimately Batman who then sacrifices himself to save the league and the world, and kills Darkseid. Yep. How does he kill? Oh, he just kills him. He gets in there. He, he just kills, kills him. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of assumed like like the crisis uh, event um, where uh, the death of Batman, essentially, where he uh, he is able to fashion like an anti-life bullet or an anti-god bullet and is yep. able to kill Darkseid. But in the process, he dies himself. A court totally get it. All right. In the aftermath, this is essentially the, the long winded epilogue now. Sure. Diana becomes the new queen of the Amazonians, leading them to rejoin the outside world and restore and inspire peace. With the Amazons at her side, Diana negotiates peace between the countries of the world, unlike any in history. Arthur is recognized by the kingdoms as the true king that he helped and he had helped unite the world. Their skepticism about his heritage is not only gone, but is now replaced with admiration. He is man of both worlds and he is their king. Yep. Cyborg is now evolved, becoming a god of the digital age, now able to transform himself to even become human. So he's like the most, like, yeah, he's like Data now from Star Trek. He's like the yep. most human. And here is, again, Lois mourns Bruce's death. Superman looks closer, realizing that Lois is carrying Bruce's child. And Lois finally admits it to him, but he, has already, but he already knows. More like he already knew. He says that he saw what he needed to, but he doesn't shy away. But instead, he embraces Lois and her unborn child. He is now has a reason to become Clark again. 20 years now pass. At a memorial commemorating Batman's ultimate sacrifice, Commissioner Barbara Gordon asks Lois, what are you going to tell him? Referring to telling Lois' son the truth about his father. For the first time in decades, crime is now returning to Gotham, and the Gotham now needs a Batman again. Lois takes her son uh, to the Batcave and reveals the truth. That his father was Bruce Wayne and Batman. Now, in Gotham, rising from the shadows into the moonlight, we see a new Batman. It's Batman Begins. And that was Justice League Part 2. Yeah, it was going to end with a new Batman. I, 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 Yeah, and we wanted a new Batman. That was yep. the reason why you cannot like this Ben Affleck Batman because they're of the choices. But then we get another new Batman who's just going to have all of the toys of this broken Batman. And that's yep. Batman Beyond. Jonathan, Jonathan Bruce Kent. Raised by Superman. Born of Batman. Jonathan, what, wait, what was his name? Jonathan, Jonathan Bruce Kent. Bruce Kent. Who's, uh, uh, where does Jonathan come from? Or that's just, geez, geez Jonathan. Uh, Papa Kent. Jonathan Kent. Jonathan. Yeah, and it's always kind of just in the in the comics, uh, Superman's son was named Jonathan Kent. That was always just the thing. But that was what Zack had planned for Justice League Part 2. That was the, the whole thing. That was what um, we were supposed to have gotten two years ago. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're not getting that. And if we get a Justice League 2, it probably now has to be... It could be four hours, but it has to be one story, correct? Possibly. Okay. <clears throat> so now we're going to get into what the Restore the Snyderverse campaign has been doing ever since we got Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, right off the bat, they have asked the studio again and again that they need to redo 
They need to restore it. They need to give us that story. And the parts of the story that are kind of vital are Batman's Batman movie, which we now know, unlike the original pitch, was not supposed to be a Batman versus Riddler. It's now supposed to be Batman versus Deathstroke. Right. Right. And, and is this the know movie that, that Ben Affleck wants to direct? That was the one that he that they wanted him to direct. He actually never really wanted to direct it. He was okay with starring it. He was okay with helping write it. But writing, producing, starring, directing, that was all a bit too much. And after what they did to Zack Snyder with Justice League, he wanted out. He he walked out. Also, they made him get they made him get so ripped. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they that that I saw he was hitting the tire with the thing. I was like, man, what did they do to your body? You that's <laughs> so much to do to a body. Okay. But um, from what we know about that original story, this story was actually going to cause some ripples. Um, they basically described it like um, like the game with uh, Michael Douglas. Like, yeah. Deathstroke was going to release members of Arkham. He was going to kind of create chaos. And in the process, he was going to kidnap Alfred and murder Alfred before Batman's face. Yes. And say, yeah. And the goal was that uh, Deathstroke wanted to get revenge because Deathstroke now blames... Uh, Batman for the death of his son but it wasn't actually Batman's doing um, this version of Deathstroke's backstory is a little bit different he was not meant to be a metahuman he wasn't meant to be enhanced he was meant to be a member of the League of Shadows a League of Assassins he was uh, he was courted by Talia al Ghul to get revenge so there was going to be a lot of a lot of changes there but a lot of stuff um, he was going to be just master in his craft and just uh, absolutely insane. Yeah, basically and, another Batman. You know, yeah. the, the the equation for Batman is all of these things plus a fucking shit ton of training. Right, another Batman's gonna come fight Batman. Yeah, and um, essentially after the at the end of the movie, Batman was gonna basically be like, "You've taken Alfred from me. You've taken these people from me. Um, but I have to be better." And he spares his life, and then that's kind of why we see Deathstroke in just the Nightmare timeline is because that right, he, right. despite what happened. He realizes that this guy can be an asset and needs him at the end of the world. Right. So, and then the AR cut, um, the original cut for Suicide Squad was vastly different. Fans have been clamoring for this. Supposed to be darker, was a much. It was supposed to actually be linear. You didn't have this weird dossier sequence where they kind of explain everyone's backstories. You actually had this long intro where you see uh, Enchantress get made. That movie has like three three intros there's like three introductions of the characters and it feels so weird because by the third time you're like why are we introducing these people again i've been watching the movie yeah exactly (laughs) um and it would have made more sense if they had it edited the original way where the pacing would have made more sense because by the time you see them reintroduce it's like okay we just spent an hour learning all this backstory okay now we're going to see what's going on right so um that original story uh, the one that was that uh, was pitched by David Ayer, um, he says that the, the original film was filmed, but even then, um, it's kind of up to debate whether or not it was actually uh, completed to the initial pitch or not, because sure. originally, he was actually supposed to tie into Justice League. Um, Enchantress was under the control of the Mother Boxes. Now that Superman was dead, the Mother Boxes were using her and her magic to try to open up a boom tube to allow Steppenwolf to come to Earth for the first time. Got it. So that was the original motivation, was that they're trying to usher in. Um, without the without the mother boxes, we can't open up. We can't signal to the, the dark side. Like, we're not together, so we can't signal where, where we are. So let's use a magical deity on this planet to pull some of them over here. 
so that we can start the invasion. Like that was kind of the, the motivation. And um, long story short, Steppenwolf was supposed to come to come to the Earth via her, and then he was going to start. Um, he was going to be there, and he was going to start turning people into parademons. He was going to start building his army, and that was how they were going to set that up. Um, so fans want the air cut, even if that's not the version of the air cut that exists. We know that the initial air cut had more Joker, it had more linear story, it had more more differences than what we got, and. It was supposed to be longer, darker, and more coherent. Does it have to... Do you think that it will be... I mean, at this point, do you think that they would even go back and do reshoots? Or do you think that maybe we oh, they don't need see to see this in an, in an animation form? They don't need to, actually, because uh, David Ayer even said that his original cut is done. It's edited. It's scored. It has everything. He even said there was no pop music in his original one. It was all just orchestra music, like kind of like Zach's. Like just, yeah. Um, but he had it ready. He presented it. They said it was long. They asked him to recut it. And he recut a few different versions of it. And then after Comic-Con, when they had that one, like, colorful, happy trailer, the studio came in and said, we want you to recut the whole movie that way. So there were so many different cuts <sighs> of this movie. Yeah. But his original cut does exist. And it could probably could be finished very quickly and very easily. Uh, so as of today, April 2nd, uh, where does all of this stand? Are there, uh, do schedules line up? You know, there's a whole slate of other DC movies that are done, correct? Like they've been done. And everything that you've just told me makes me really afraid that those movies have now maybe been edited two or three times from what they were originally supposed to be. Yeah. So... Where is all of this at? Are they kind of waiting to see how those movies do, or are so, they going to greenlit this? So it comes kind of comes under this. Um, and um, as you know, uh, in the past, I've had the uh, the pleasure to be to be a part of interviews with Deborah Snyder, with Zack Snyder, with a few other handful of people. And uh, one of my conversations that I had with uh, Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife and producer for a lot of these movies. Producer means gets the money, handles and, all the crazy part of yeah. getting a movie made. There is so much on her shoulders to allow her husband to go play with his amazing toys on screen. Yeah. So um, in the <laughs> interview that we had, uh, the kind of the offhanded comment that she made to us was that um, when Wonder Woman 84 kept getting delayed, delayed and delayed, she mentioned that she w- she and Zach were working with a director to go back and fix her movie back to what it should, what she wanted it to be before the studio changed everything. So even the cut we had of Wonder Woman 84 was not the cut they were trying to give us in theaters. It was the cut that they actually went back and changed some stuff and made it less campy, which is just insane to me. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so crazy. Cause that movie is very campy. So to kind of touch base on what you said, um, it still happens, but discovery has now been approved. They have bought, Warner Brothers, they're going to be rebranding themselves Warner Brothers Discovery. It's going to go into effect in a few weeks. And from what we now know, uh, David Zaslav is going to be running the show with a new board primarily composed of Discovery executives. And all of the executives that are listed from the AT&T side that are replacing the current board, none of them are the people that are currently in charge. Mm. So it's kind of assumed that the people that are currently in charge, the people that have been causing the last five years of crap from Warner Brothers... And all of this mess, they're going to be gone. Uh, a couple of things resonate with me. One, I can't believe how big these companies are. I can't believe that 
discovery, which is crazy to think of. Like, you mean the channel that plays Mythbusters was able to buy this? Yeah. Um, I hope that they are receptive to this audience that is out there that really wants some version of this because, you know, at the end of the day, if we're talking about subscriptions, people knowing that this is coming and maybe sprinkling some of these things along the way are going to get people to your platform. And if they want to be the home of DC, they got to provide some DC content. And uh, this seems like, you know, there's a lot of people that want this to be a thing. Uh, I hope that it lines up. Unfortunately, we can't get that story now, right? It has to change. It has to be something different by, at yes. this point. <clears throat> it has to change. Um, one of the things that uh, came about, and this was kind of a, a bit of a frustrating bit. Um, admittedly, I was told some conflicting information back in the day. Uh, right around the time that Justice League, the Snyder Cut, was finally revealed to be coming out, um, HBO was pretty keen on expanding this world. They were talking about, they they spitballed some ideas to make like spinoff shows like, hey, there's that old cyborg movie that never got made. Let's adapt that into a miniseries. Hey, there's that bat that Batman story. Let's adapt that into a miniseries. Right. And I was told from one contact that these things were all supposed to be happening. And another contact came in and said, oh, they're definitely happening. And kind of like, and turned out to be kind of hogwash. That was all nonsense. Okay. Um, we now know that Ben was approached for a miniseries, but he declined. Because he didn't want to tread the same territory that happened the last time with the studio overdoing it. And 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 honestly, even when Zack was finishing Zack Snyder's Justice League, they micromanaged the crap out of Zack. And that even caused Zack to almost walk away from redoing it. It also sounds like what Matt Reeves just went through with yeah. that, that proposed Gotham show that I'm sure they were all over him. Like, Dad, do you want to do this show? You should do this show. And he was like, uh, it's, it's going to be something different. It's not going to be what we originally thought it was. Yeah. So um, we know, no, we now know that the Ben Affleck stuff was real, but he did pass on it because of the studio involvement. Um, what we do know, the facts are that uh, when Zaslav first announced that he was going to be like the new guy taken over, he made some offhand comments that he was going around and meeting with old directors and old writers and old producers, all these old talent is what he said. The old talent that was um, unfortunately uh, had issues with the current management that left. Uh, people like Chris Nolan, people like, um, I was kind of just in general, like people that were uh, mistreated by the current studio. Yo, Discovery wants to pay for the next, what, we were, the next movie's Oppenheimer, but whatever, you know, it's like. They want him wanna, back for the one after that. What do you right? want to do next? We'll, we'll give you the money. So it was kind of implied that, I mean, obviously to fans, Zack Snyder's at the top of that list. And underneath Zack Snyder is Ben Affleck, people that were kind of wronged by the studio. So it was kind of implied that Discovery is trying to make amends, trying to fix things. And if that happened, awesome. Um, there's also been some new rumors going around, um, obviously with the announcement that Discovery wants to focus a lot on streaming, more so than the theater experience. We know that um, there's some rumors, uh, things that I've heard personally and things that have also made their way online, that Zach was approached by Discovery, or not really by Discovery, he was approached by studio executives uh, to ask him what the possibility would be to make this Justice League Part 2 a reality. Uh, some of the things that allegedly in this rumor was complete autonomy from the studio, so you can't mess around with my product, I put out what I put out, etc. Um, he needs all of the actors back. He would not do the project without the actors. Like If they tell him to recast Ray Fisher for Cyborg, he's not going to come back. It's, it's like all or nothing. 
Simple that's, as that. That's that's very that's very kind. Not kind. Uh, it's very Zack Snyder. <laughs> he re- it's a very it's a it's a huge respect to his cast and the fact yeah. that he's bringing them along and that they are part of this project speaks. That's a really great thing because. You could, it's Hollywood. We could, we'll put a CG face on you, make you look like whatever we want you to look like. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you CG that mustache off your face and yep. look like you had, yeah. My mustache. But no, um, and that was the rumor that they they approached him, they asked him what he wanted. And then the rumor kind of expands a little bit, saying that uh, the studio asked the cast if they would be willing to come back for Zach. And um, according to the same rumor, people like uh, Ben Affleck, people like Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot even flat out said, yes, uh, for Zach, we'll come back and do whatever he needs to finish his story. Simple as that. So that was the rumor. Um, but the rumor kind of laid on that basically the, the previous administration were like, we're going to do all this groundwork. We're going to get all this on paper saying this is what can happen. And they're going to present it to Discovery. If Discovery wants it, they can move forward if they don't, et cetera. Right. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, that's kind of where all of this Eventually, it's right, going to be. Right. I mean, that's that's the final say of all of right. this. Um, what we do know, um, uh, and this is something I've actually talked to about a handful of people in general, right? Um, I've talked to VFX people, I've talked to script people, I've talked to directors. I've talked to. Uh, the bottom line is that Discovery is going on full. Let's review everything. So when they come into power, day one, uh, no project is getting greenlit. No, no um, actors' scripts. No. No uh, contracts, none of that stuff is getting greenlit until they review it. They're going to go through uh, and just review everything. So if it's not currently filming or currently in active production with a film date, it's on hold pending review. Simple as that. So all these rumors about the Flash movie getting reshoots, that's not true because the, the reshoots haven't even been cleared yet with the new management. Right, which, which to also put in perspective, this also sounds like a money thing. And they yep. want to kind of know where your expenses and right reshoots for something like this are going to be expensive if they yep. happen. And can, this just speaks to Warner Brothers fuck ups. Like the fact that this is consistently like, oh, we got to get everybody back and spend a couple million dollars to redo this because we didn't do it the first time. I mean, it's like, yeah, if I was Discovery, I would also want to know where my money was being spent. Yeah. So they're going to go through everything. And um, basically, it, it's like, if it's not already done, it's it's now in question. So the, okay, the big rumor... Okay, question. Well, okay. Okay, okay. So what's the big rumor? Tell me the big rumor. So the big rumors was that uh, the Flash movie was going to come out and change a bunch of stuff and... They were going to gear toward a sequel that's going to be a Crisis on Infinite Earth sequel where they kind of reboot the whole universe and do all that stuff. That was WB's original plan. Yeah. We don't know if that's Discovery's plan. We don't know if Discovery's going to even want to do that. So bottom line is, everything's still currently in flux. This poor Flash movie. This poor movie that's just been on yeah. that galactic treadmill, just running and running and running. Um, so bottom line is... Um, Everything is now currently in flux. Uh, in a few weeks when Discovery takes over, they could come about and say, yes, let's make Zack Snyder's sequel. Let's make it as a miniseries. Let's give him 10, 8 to 10 hour-long episodes on HBO Max, and yep. let's let him finish his story. And then he could do that. He could do this yep. in eight hours. He could do more than this in eight hours. He could do one. He could do this story in four hours and then have four hours of backstory. Like, we could see the Crimean War if we wanted to. We could see Batman and Robin. We could see all that stuff in flashback form 
in this miniseries if Zack gets it. If it's a real thing and it gets greenlit, I'm a little be scared a real thing. for Zack Snyder to have a Robin because FYI, Zack Snyder's gonna kill that Robin. Right, we no, will cause... get a Jason Todd Robin and he will be killed and be broken in half, and we will see Bruce Wayne lose his shit. No, okay, so what we know uh, from the actual, uh, from Zack Snyder's own interviews and other stuff was that this Robin that died was Dick Grayson, not Jason Todd. Okay. He was killed by the Joker, and he was burned, he was beaten with a crowbar and all that stuff, kind of like the, the Jason Todd death, but he died in Wayne Manor. Joker, like, burned him in Wayne Manor. Burnt Wayne Manor is destroyed because Joker killed Robin and left his body there and then lit the building on fire. So, we know from Zach's own interviews in the past that that's what what basically happened oh boy um, that's some shit they're gonna fucking film like oh boy yeah, that's some um, darkness so honestly if like if discovery is coming in and say we need like an hbo a, a badass like game of thrones replacement or like the next watchman miniseries let's give zach his tvma justice league story okay <clears throat> so so now knowing that nothing's going to happen the things that are probably going to change this world are whatever the events of Aquaman 2 are, right? Whatever those things are will have to be brought up. Um, Not are, even, we, um, are we – is it the Black Adam movie? Which movie – what is what is Shazam 2? So, um, again, one thing that I think people need to, to remember is that uh, Aquaman, Shazam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, Black Adam, all of that stuff exists in the timeline that is post the theatrical cut. Zack Snyder's Justice League is his own branching timeline. So he can do whatever he wants. He can do, he has carte blanche because this is an Elseworld story. Got it. Got it. Okay. So then let me ask you this then. In in those movies, will they also be seeding another Justice League type movie yes. where we might get, okay. And uh, will that probably be a different Batman? Will that maybe oh, be a different... Um, that 100% because what we know oh, from the Flash movie. Yeah, because the Flash is going to fuck everything up. So, of yeah, course, so we're going to get it. Yeah. What we know in the Flash movie is that the Flash movie, at the end of the movie, he creates a tangent timeline. Right. Where in that world, Superman is dead. Uh, he was, like, killed as a child. He was never he never became Superman. But sure. Kara Zor-El, a Supergirl, came to Earth instead. Right? We, we also have Michael Keaton as the Batman of this new world. Yeah. We have... And then he's old and retired, so he has Nightwing and Batgirl that he's training as his replacements. Great. And we have Aquaman, still Aquaman, flashes himself. We have Shazam, we have Black Adam, we have all of those things in this new world. So uh, this new world is the theatrical world that is going to be what we get for a little bit. But that doesn't affect anything that Zack Snyder could potentially be doing if the studio moves forward with it. Uh this is such an established thing and all of these things are put into place from you as an individual who's been behind this. What DC heroes do you want to see? Uh, I really like that in this other world that we didn't get, you know, the lanterns came in there, which is a huge part of this. And this really gives them that pomp and circumstance. Are there any DC people that it's a travesty we haven't had on film yet? Um, Pretty much the entirety of like Justice League Dark. Um, I want oh, okay. See, I want to sure. see Etrigan. I want to see. I want to see like a cinematic Swamp Thing. I want to see a, a cinematic John Constantine. I want to see. And you see know what's team. funny? You know what's funny about Constantine is that uh, Keanu Reeves has said, "Oh, I'll play that part again." Yeah. Which, listen, 
I know that people have issues with that Constantine movie. You should go back and watch it. There's some real fun stuff in there. And if they want to plug him into this, I bet he would be down for it. He would 100%. He'd be like, I get to be with all these these people and I get to be John again? Okay, cool. And he doesn't have to carry the whole Constantine world. He can have other people coming in there and doing magic and doing other things. Yeah. And he can just do his own dark shit. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day... Um, the previous administration, the people that were like Ann Sarnoff, Toby Emmerich, and and those people, they did not want Zack's story to continue. They only gave us Zack Snyder's Justice League as a way to shut the fans up, and then they made the, the they made the fans even louder because fans that weren't even part of the movement saw Zack Snyder's Justice League and said, "Holy crap, that movie was amazing!" Where's the sequel? I'm I'm in that camp because I was the that first Justice League movie is such is so terrible that Josh Whedon version. And when I watched this, I was like, oh, there's a vision. There's a tone. There is some bonkers, gorgeous stuff in that movie. And it uh, it all of a sudden put a lot of things in context for me. Yeah. A, a lot of things in context. And it makes me sad that these, you know, in this time of a million streaming services – that these directors do not have final cuts over their movies. Um, I, the tweets that are coming out from the guy who just did the uh, the Northman movie, who is like, oh, I, I don't know if I'll ever do a movie this big again because I hate fighting these fights with the studio. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so sad because it's like, listen, if we're playing with time travel and resetting of timelines, let them do this stuff and then we'll fix it later on or we'll do something else like, yeah. Allow for these visions to come out. And, you know, it's funny is Marvel really did succeed in that. In those two Avengers movies, there is that, you know, there's that failure moment. And then you get that big, that big, wonderful cinematic universe where, you know, we get to see everyone run with the football. But it took that much time to set that up. And it makes me sad that consistently they are cutting people down at the knees. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you who this is hurting. Because at the end of the day, this doesn't hurt you who knows all of this stuff and is involved with this. This hurts your dad and your coworkers who, when the next Flash movies comes out, they go, I don't want to see that shit. Those movies are all shit. And it's like, well, no, they're not really. See, you don't understand. See, a boardroom in Los Angeles, a guy didn't get his latte and he was real angry. Like. It's so frustrating that this puts such a bad taste because not all these Marvel movies are good, but every time you hear a new Marvel movie's coming out, there's a number of people that go, oh, I'll see it no matter what it is. Whatever, I'll see them. it. I'll watch it. Absolutely. Even though Shang-Chi's not as good as some of the other ones, even though uh, one, uh, Black no, no. Widow movie is real weird. Case uh, in point, Captain Marvel was a crap movie, but it made a yeah. billion dollars because people knew it was leading up to Endgame. And that was probably, and that's the last of that coasting on it. You know what I mean? They have to, I mean, they brought Sam Raimi back in. They're trying to up their game again. But I have faith it, in that one, to be honest. I think, but it's it makes me sad that DC leaves such a like, oh, they're bad movies. Or yeah. here's the other problem. Here's the other problem. It's almost like fighting video games where I know I'm not going to buy the first one because I know another one's going to be coming out. Unfortunately, it feels like, oh, the theatrical version of whatever this movie is is going to be shit. But in nine months when the director's cut come out, people are really going to like it. And that's also something that I don't like that. I don't like that you told me a slew of movies coming out and I don't really – it didn't really budge the needle. You sold me on The Flash. I'm going to go see The Flash movie now. But on those other movies, it like didn't 
push me and it's like, man, that sucks. It sucks that I'm waiting for the, the director's cut on HBO Max, which I love, but it sucks that I can't trust yeah. that initial version of it. I think what it comes down to is that kind of at the end of the day, <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of like what Discovery is saying, is that they they understand that there's a limitation with theaters. They understand the limitation with the whole theater thing. And, and COVID has essentially ruined the theater experience for everybody. And they... They're just trying to get ahead of the curve now. They know that streaming is the way to go. People will not sit in theaters and watch a three, four hour long movie, but they will binge five episodes of Breaking Bad in one sitting. It's no problem. I can pause it. I can pee as much as I want. I yeah. can eat as many nut snacks as I want to. It's a completely different experience than a theater. But the theater experience is still a thing. And maybe it, it just becomes more niche. Maybe it becomes more of an yeah, even no. smaller audience. I think it eventually is going to go that route where the theater is going to be like where the, the director's cuts go, the film festivals, the art festival. Like that's where that's going to end up going just because of the availability and the, the content. Like um, Marvel's Moon Knight came out a couple of days ago. Yep. And my wife was watching it with me. She loved it. I loved it. And then when, she, when it ended, she's like, wait, this was an episode. There's, there's how many more of these? I'm like five more episodes. And she's like, oh, this has been, this is so much better than having to see it in theaters and wait for the sequel. Like I'm, I'm down for this. Yeah. And, that's kind of where the market's going. I mean, yeah, some of the CGI on the Marvel shows haven't been the best, but it's still better than waiting three years between sequels. Like, we're now getting another Thor movie, and the last Thor movie came out, what, three and a half years ago? Yeah, well, I, I you know what's funny is we kind of get two Thor movies, right? Because isn't Thor a big part of Guardians 3? Which, no, Guardians... Uh, actually, the other way around. The, the, the Guardians oh, okay. are going to be in Thor 4, and then they're going to segue into Guardians 3. Okay, which also is Gar Gu Guardians uh, 3. I saw some tweets. I believe they are ramping people up, right? They're going to start showing footage, and that's going to be happening very soon. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like James Gunn's last movie. He said this is the last time we're going to see these cast members, so he's been implying that he's going to kill a few of them off, and it's going to be really emotional. He should. Yeah, th th that the Guardians team in the comic book is very varied, and lots of people come on and off of that crew. Yeah. So I think that's fine. I also think some of those actors want out of the MCU. Yep. And I think but that's no, I mean, we, we've digressed a bit. I mean, I think we have, again, we have, I apologize. Um, well, that's the normal show. Listen, this is a very special episode one. Usually we'll be talking about the nerd stuff week to week. Yeah. Finish up Tay. So anyways, um, I mean, bottom line, uh, I think if Zach's movies have a future, they have a future as a mini series. And if HBO sees their value, they'll, they'll foot the bill and they'll give it to us as an Elseworld story where he finishes his story. And then, Fans can be appeased with that story, and then the, whatever the theatrical stuff does, they can do. And then Discovery is obviously going to change a bunch of stuff going forward. They could they could introduce a new rebooted universe, and then just fans will just be whatever because we got Zack's finished story. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally down with seeing Zack Snyder's Game of Thrones with his Justice League characters with the budget to tell all of these stories. And I'm also excited to know that we're not lumped into this world, that all of these things can be true and we can have a couple Batmans and we can do it. Because, you know, not a part of any of this conversation, Matt Reeves just made a banger of a Batman movie. And I would yeah. like to see that team of people make another Batman movie. Yeah. So, you know. And the thing is, that the Batman 2 hasn't even been greenlit yet because Discovery has to do it. That's why we haven't got the announcement because Discovery wow. has to greenlit it, which is insane uh, to me. I, 
do you know anything about Dune? Can we talk about Dune? Is Dune Dune Two is gonna happen? But is that oh, also gonna be subject for review? It was already greenlit before they they greenlit it and they promised they promised um the director he'll get his second half, and they already like put the money aside, so that's already happening. Okay, so that one's safe. But that was kind of before the talks really finished up, and then that's why Batman's in limbo right now. But it won't be in limbo. People are going to see I, more of it. I was I was about to say, let Batman be in limbo, and we'll pretend like another one's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's a fun thing that we can pretend um, about. But on that same note, I mean, Discovery is kind of leaning full into the multiverse. From what we understand is that they don't care about the whole Bat embargo. They don't care about there can only be one Superman. There can only be one because we now, if you believe some of the scoopers on, on the Twitter sphere, some of these very credible people with inside information, they said in the next five years, we're going to have four different Dick Graysons on film. Yeah. Um, I mean, on, on the, the physical media. I mean, we're going to get Dick Grayson on the CW in the new Gotham Knights show. We're going to get Dick Grayson on the Titan show. We're going to get Dick Grayson in uh, the Batman universe because he's apparently on the cards for a sequel at some point. And um, we're going to get a Dick Grayson in uh, the, the film verse with uh, Michael Keaton's uh, Batman. So... We're gonna get four nightlings. I, just, I like that we're. I like that we're. I like that we're bringing in all of these variations because we get four different like choreography teams and yeah. get different yeah. kung fu and stuff. And I'm also excited that we're normalizing the name Dick again. My grandfather was Richard. My grandma always called him Dick. I want more dicks in the world. I wanted to get away from what it was. Let's bring the name Dick back. Dick Grayson, 2024. Let's go. <laughs> But anyways, the whole point is that the multiverse, uh, now that the multiverse concept is being more widespread, more mainstream, and you can kind of thank Marvel for uh, their constant competition with DC. Or Sony. That, Do you think Sony is the one that- I think that, Sony like, had a huge factor in it. Isn't because, it crazy that that animated movie is what- it was like, oh yeah, there's multiple Spider-Mans and you're going to love all of them. I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, let me eat yeah. my popcorn and watch this. And now um, we got the multiverse of madness coming out in a, like a couple months. And we know that uh, thanks to like, Disney Plus and Loki, we know variants are a thing. So I think the wide audience, once they fully accepted that there can be more than one version of one thing, they won't care if there's five Batmans on film at the same time. They'll be like, okay, cool. I like that Batman. I'll watch that one. Or I like that one too. He's not as good, but I like that one. Like at the end of the day, I think the goal is that we have these versions of our characters. And thanks to this concept of the multiverse, we can like any one of them. We yeah. can simultaneously love Michael Keaton's Batman and Robert Patton's Batman. We could also love Ben Affleck and Val Kilmer and George Clooney and Adam West because they're all great Batmans in their own regard. Doesn't mean any one of them could ever interchange to others' films, but they were all great Batman. And once the fans and the wide audience can accept that, they can do a lot of stuff with it. Well, I'll let you know that I feel a little bit more hopeful that these things are going to happen. Uh, this is what I think. And not that food for thought. Uh, I think Discovery knows that they have a lot to work with and they have a really big partnership with DC and I don't think they're going to squander that, which sound which I'm very happy for. Um, but it also sounds like who knows what's going to happen. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a hot minute before the rumor mills get started again. I think it's going to happen, but I don't think we actually know what's going to be coming out. And that's a pretty cool spot to be in. No, and, I, and I'll say this again, because I, I get a lot of these Q&As, I get a lot of DMs on social media. The bottom line is anyone who says they know what's going on doesn't, because the big dark horse of the situation is Discovery coming in. They have yeah. made quiet comments, they've made quiet requests, and people know what those requests are. 
but none of that could be real. So it, we don't yeah. know what they're actually going to do until they take over. And also, you know, the other part of this is that Warner Brothers, something that I didn't think about, screwed over a lot of people. And Discovery will try to make those things better, but there's a lot of players in town right now. And mm -hmm. it's real easy to go shut up, set up shop at Netflix or go set up shop shop somewhere else and be like, no, this is my new home. I'm just going to work with Amazon over here. So, yeah. you know, who knows what we're going to get, but exactly. I'm excited for it. And like you said, you know, Disney raised the bar with all this Marvel stuff. And I can't believe that we, you know, we were very superhero-y and that it was real technological. We are very mad. The Marvel universe is all just magic right now, which is crazy because I always think of magic as being DC. I always think of the DC magic stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So who knows? The the the, yeah. the we'll see if uh if Barry Allen can change the future. Who knows what's gonna yeah. happen? All right. Well, um, I think we're gonna wrap it there. Um, I loved this conversation. Um, I want to throw up some acknowledgments real fast. Uh, this is the team that brought us those storyboards. Uh, the people who initially, Jeff, uh, Zack Snyder, Jeff John, Jim Lee, wrote the did the original, the actual original ones. The photos were given to us by accidentally Dan. Um, the all the exhibit photos, stuff that I didn't, wasn't able to bring up because of time. Um, simple as that. The compilation was by Mr. Jonah. The editing, Samuel uh, Kentman, Ben uh, Ben Zachary. Uh, Mariano uh, Chico was the one who did all the coloring and the re-art, which was fantastic. It was all compiled by DC Planet, uh, Daily Planet DC, a website that put this all together, which was just beautiful. And I, I want to thank them for their involvement in getting me this stuff. Uh, I asked them for the text list uh, versions that they, and they just were like, yeah, here you go. And just without questions, they sent it to me. It was, it was wonderful. Um, again, uh, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Um, I'm Taylor Murphy. This is Michael Santel. I'm Michael uh, Santel. We are the hosts. Uh, our Patreon supporters, Wesley and Oscar. Uh, thank you again, everyone. Um, we will be uh, doing this every other week now. Uh, we'll have some new content out for you. Michael and I will be here a uh, week after next. Uh, we'll have some other content in between that point for the people who want to stay up to date on the channel. So thank you again, everyone. And have yourself a beautiful weekend. Have yourself a beautiful weekend or whatever day of the week it is. Take care of yourselves. Eat breakfasts. Drink lots of water. And we'll see you nerds next time. Peace.